Welcome to Palm Sunday Worship from the parishes of the Wellington and District team. I'm Tim Trainer, the team rector, and although you're only going to hear my voice, others have helped prepare this service. We're all separated in our homes and yet we come together in spirit to praise God, to reflect upon scripture and to pray. I know that some churches have found ways to distribute palm crosses, so if you have one, you might like to have it to hand. Wherever we are, we are in the presence of God. Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. As we rejoice in the gift of this day, so may the light of your presence, O God, set our hearts on fire with love for you now and forever. Amen. The opening hymn is Ride On, Ride On in Majesty. my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. 
sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Christe, Christe, eleison. Christe, Christe, eleison. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Kyrie, Kyrie, eleison. Kyrie, Kyrie, eleison. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness and keep you in life eternal through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, the Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfil what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Matthew, as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. That gospel will be familiar to many listening today and it may evoke memories of other Palm Sundays, processions carrying palm crosses, singing all glory, Lord and honour to thee, Redeemer King, perhaps even memories of a donkey leading the way. This year, of course, is different, but maybe we can discover new things. And I think that one of the parables of Jesus can help us. I've long been drawn to this particular parable. It's perhaps because for many years I was a soldier, a royal engineer. 
At one point, I worked in that part of the Ministry of Defence which plans operations and sends army units around the world. So this particular short parable makes sense to me. Jesus is making his final journey to Jerusalem and he speaks to the crowds following him. What king, going out to wage war against another king, will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If he cannot, then while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. And you can read that in Luke chapter 12. This parable helps us to understand something about Jesus's so-called triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And so with a soldier's eye, let me help you to explore it. It begins with a king who discovers that his kingdom is threatened by an enemy. Now, in the heat of the moment, his first reaction might be to issue a call to arms and then courageously lead his army out to battle in the hope that he will be victorious. But this king is a wise man. He doesn't act rashly. He sits down calmly and thinks through the situation. What's the size of his army? And what's the size of the enemy's army? What are his options? This is what in modern military jargon is called the estimate process. Well, the king conducts his estimate and concludes that if, if he goes out to battle, he's likely to be defeated. Men will die, his kingdom will be lost, his people will suffer, property will be pillaged, women raped, slaves taken, cities destroyed. The consequences of failure are simply too great. So the king sends a delegation to ask his enemy for peace terms. Now he may need to make huge compromises, perhaps to give up territory, to concede trade rights or to offer tribute. But this is what he will need to do to achieve a peaceful outcome. And Jesus commends this king who decides not to ride out to war against a more powerful enemy. So you would have thought that as Jesus journeys towards Jerusalem, his estimate would be something like this. The Romans govern Jerusalem. They have the most powerful army in the world. They are utterly ruthless and they suppress all revolt swiftly. I'm riding a donkey. The crowd with me are armed only with palm branches, we're going to lose. The wise thing to do is not to confront the authorities. But Jesus doesn't appear to heed his own advice. He enters Jerusalem and the crowd cry out, Hosanna to the son of David. And of course, only a few days later, the Romans do arrest Jesus. And he is executed on a cross. Jesus has lost the war. 
how do we make sense of how Jesus acted? Three points may help. First, as Jesus makes his way towards Jerusalem, he has thought through the consequences of his actions and he is determined to press ahead. Second, he knows that in human terms, everything will be lost. There is no limit to what the Father will ask of him. And notice, Jesus chooses to be obedient. And third, the way that he chooses is not about strength and authority. Yes, a battle will be fought, but it will demand weakness and vulnerability. This, I believe, is what we should all ponder. In order to be disciples of Jesus, we have to give up our desire for power and strength and authority. The way of Jesus involves accepting our vulnerability and our weakness. A moment for our personal reflection.
we respond to God's word as we pray. For all Christian people, that through the suffering of disunity, there may grow a rich union in Christ. For the Prime Minister and Her Majesty's Government, making decisions to support and protect us. For the National Health Service and all working sacrificially for the common good. For those who are weighed down with hardship, isolation, illness and grief. For ourselves and all whom we love. Lord Jesus Christ, you humbled yourself in taking the form of a servant and in obedience died on the cross for our salvation. Give us the mind to follow you and to proclaim you as Lord and King, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. And as our Saviour taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. The final hymn is Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Christ crucified, draw you to himself. 
to find in him a sure ground for faith, a firm support for hope, and the assurance of sins forgiven, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. And so, friends, until we worship together again, go well.